Bucktail 2, and welcome to everyone who is with us on Facebook. Welcome to Bucktails. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA, and with me today are Gold Loopers, Phil and Lynn Rains, who many of you probably know their boat is Finns. Um, if you have not joined us for Docktails before, this is the traditional time for Docktails where loopers are tying up at the end of the day at marinas or um, rafting up perhaps at an anchorage and sharing some Docktails, um, cocktails, but also stories of the day. So that's where Docktails with the T-A-L-E-S comes from, um, stories of the Great Loop. And we know one of the things that many of our social media followers and many of our members seek is just information from people who have been there and done that. And our gold loopers are the people who have that. So uh, Phil and Lynn were gracious enough to spend some time with us today and share the stories of their great loop. So Phil and Lynn, thanks for being here. Thank you. Pleasure. We love it. Yeah. Let's go ahead um, and, and start with, just tell us a little bit about, for those who don't know you, a little bit about yourselves and, and when you did the loop and the boat that you used for your great loop. Okay. We, um, did the loop in 2016 and 2017. We had a main ship 400 that was about a year old to us. Um, previously, we had had two sailboats that we sailed on Lake Michigan for about 25 or 30 years, I guess. Um, and so we had been following the loop uh, uh, journeys and we had some neighbors, slip neighbors who had completed the loop. And we just decided, okay, it's now time. Uh, um, we didn't have her mother to take care of or my mother to take care of anymore. So it was time to just head out and go. Excellent. And, and we've got people joining us, as you know, on Facebook. Um, for those of you watching, if you have any questions or comments for Phil and Lynn or for me, you can type them right there into the Facebook comments. We'll be able to see those and we can respond to them. So we like to make these as interactive as possible. And Phil and Lynn, we always have people kind of join all the way through. And one of the big questions is always about the boat. So we'll probably ask you about Finn's the main ship again. Um, but one of my favorite things is to ask about the name of the boat because there's usually some interesting stories. So tell us where Finn's comes from. Well, we started with the very first sailboat. It was a 1997 Hunter 376. Uh, uh, we decided to buy a boat after our kids finished college at the boat show we were at the boat at show. the boat show and and one day we were looking at our checking account and we went look at this we got money left over no more tuition so let's <laughs> let, let's buy a boat and so we bought that sailboat and our daughter was with us when we went to the boat show and so on the way home we kept going over names and we're big jimmy buffett fans so she said, well, you should call it Finns. I said, that's it. And we had been to a dive vacation in the Bahamas where we dove with sharks, sharks. and the boat had a fin keel. So yep. it just all came together. Yeah, perfect. So, um, and that was a sailboat. Your looping boat was also Finns. Um, and that was a main ship. So tell the main ships are still very popular for the Great Loop, have been probably for as long as I've been doing this, but um, tell us about Finns and what you liked about her, the, the main ship Finns. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I guess the best part of it was the back porch, the back, the aft cockpit. Um, the overhang. Had an overhang. Uh, you know, you'd come into your marina or at the end of the day, anytime, and we got the chairs back there, and you'd have a cocktail and just be able to put your feet up and look out over the marina. Um, 
and it was just such a comfortable place to sit. Mm -hmm. We did drive from the flybridge though all the time. Yes. Except if it was raining. If it was raining or when we did the loop was the uh, period of unseasonably warm weather, which was wonderful. Um, so there were a few days when I cranked up the air conditioning and we drove from inside. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I love the heat, so I didn't mind. The other part of it was so nice. Um, there are overhangs on both sides. So when you're going through locks and it happens to rain, you're at least somewhat protected and you're not being rained directly upon. And, and that made a big difference. Yeah. So like I said, because we have people joining us throughout, we usually get questions, you know, somewhere in the middle, people start asking what kind of boat you had. So we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, fins a little bit more and probably even touch on the latest version of fins <laughs> because you have since sold the main ship and moved on to another boat. So thankfully you're still boating. Um, let's talk a little bit about your Great Loop adventure itself. What are some of the best um, memories that you have along the way? You know, what was it when you think back on your time on the loop, what sticks in your mind the most? I think it was just the fun times we had with other loopers at, at not only at every single stop, but also while you're traveling, even when you're in the locks and you're wrapped it up together, it, it's... You start a conversation. Yeah, and, and, and it's good times. You're having, you're having great fun. It's not a chore. Um, we had all sorts of impromptu parties, potluck dinners. Um, I didn't realize it would be so social. I was really happy with that. And everybody was so nice. I mean, you're never by yourself. If you're worried that you can't do this, that you're by yourself, you're never by yourself unless you choose to be. But we always traveled with other boats and they are our lifelong friends now. And everybody, tell us more about that because everybody talks about the lifelong friends. Um, and you know, as adults, I think it's different making friends, but some people have described the loop to me as um, adult summer camp, <laughs> where you're just kind of all out there with something in common. And I think it, it's pretty apropos, but um, you know, so, and, and I know I, I saw you while you were on your loop up at Trentport and you were traveling, um, buddy boating pretty much. Um, I think it was with happy hours, wasn't it? Yes, it was. If I'm not mistaken. So how does it typically work? Because a lot of times you're, um, and I think the last person we had, I keep learning these new phrases that people are using that just work so well. Somebody called it um, loop hopping. Loop hopping? Okay. Yeah. Loop frogging. Loop frogging is what they called it. Where you'll kind of, you know, see a boat and then go your separate ways, same direction, but different time frames. And But you do tend to find boats if you were looking for one to buddy boat with. So how did that typically work? How did you suddenly find, you know, I've been traveling with happy hours for several days now. Is it something that's planned or something that just kind of organically seems to happen? It just happened. It and it mm -hmm. happened. It happened three times with us. Uh, the first time was coming down the river system after the rendezvous. And we mm -hmm. met up moon dance and we traveled with them um, all the way to Punta Gorda. Punta Gorda. Then in Florida, we met up with happy hour and basically loop frogged with them up the coast. Um, we met up again for several days in Annapolis 
then they picked this up again in um, on the Hudson. On the Hudson, going up. Uh, uh, I guess it was Troy, near Troy, uh, New York. We had to go to a wedding. Not had to, but we wanted to go to my niece's <laughs> wedding in New Hampshire. So we did stay there and rent a car to go to the wedding, and then some boats went ahead. But then some mm -hmm. other boats that we boated with caught up. So we were still, and then we all caught up together. So <laughs> it's just the way it is. It, it just kind of happened. Leapfrogging is a great term. Yeah. Yes. And it, it, I love that you mentioned that you decided to leave the boat for a few days to go to a wedding, because I think that's another concern that a lot of uh, would-be loopers have is that, you know, once you're on the boat, are you missing out on some of those special events back home, whether it's extended family or friends? Um, did you find it challenging to find a place to leave the boat and make those travel arrangements? Not no, at all. Not, not at all. all. Uh, you know, the marinas were all so looper friendly, and especially the ones that were like either sponsors or uh, their names had been passed down from other loopers. Mm -hmm. It was very comfortable. Um, and most often, more often than not, when you left your boat, you would go to a slip neighbor and say, look, I'm going to be gone for a week. Yeah. Watch my boat. And they'd say, yeah, fine. They were great. And so there's no, no big deal. But we, we went home a couple of times. Uh, mistakenly, we went home in February back to Chicago, which is not a good thing to do. No. There was, there <laughs> I'm was sure Finn's was at points, points south by then. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was pretty freaking cold, but you know. <laughs> But anyway, it yeah, you can you can drop and go at any time. There's and no our big family deal. when it's winter in Chicago, they don't want to be here either. So they all came to Fort Myers when we were there and then to some came to the marathon. And they mm -hmm. my granddaughter, that's all she wants to do now. She wants to get a boat and do this. Well, wow, that's that's wonderful to hear. <laughs> So tell us about, um, you know, this is always a tough question because I'm going to ask you for your favorites in like a year long trip of favorites. But what are really some of your top favorite stops that you explored along the way? Yeah, um, this is That's hard. this is difficult and it's especially difficult today since Canada is still closed. Mm -hmm. But but Canada was incredible. We as you know, Kim arrived in Canada on Canada Day mm -hmm. and had a wonderful experience in Trentport. And then we spent basically the entire month uh, uh, going through the Trent Severn. And uh, they were celebrating their anniversary. It was the, the 150th, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a festival every place we went. So we did the Scottish Fest in Aurelia. They had other things going on in Aurelia. Then we got to Peterborough and they had a rib fest. So who's, who, who wouldn't like a rib fest, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they had a contest, the fireman contest. Oh, the fire, no, that was in Trentport. Oh, was it? That was where the firemen had to run up the stairs and do all that. We loved it all. Oh, yeah. so Canada was wonderful. Um, not in any particular order. Charleston is just amazing, and I could go to Charleston a dozen different times um, and have different shrimp and grits every single time. Outer Banks. Yes. Outer Banks were incredible. Never been to the Outer Banks. 
was a great experience. St. Augustine. Oh, I love St. Augustine. Fun, fun Beautiful. city. So nice. The big surprise was Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, totally. Ne never been to Mobile. Um, we took several days. We, we rented a car. Like three days. Rented a car, went in and saw the battleship. Went in and took a trolley tour of the city. Um, uh, oh, went to the Mardi Gras Museum, mm -hmm. which is a must a must go to anybody. Um, so that was just really a lot of fun, uh, and it's a beautiful little city. Yeah, and, and Mardi Gras started there, not in New Orleans. And they will point and that that's out. That's a surprise to most people, and, and I think a lot of loopers know that because they've been through. Um, but I was very surprised the first time I heard that. It's it's an know, interesting little really. fact there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Florida. Florida in the wintertime. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong nothing with that. Nothing wrong with that. Every stop in Florida is wonderful. Yeah. There's not one that isn't perfect. And when you're in Florida, it's generally going to be in the wintertime, near Christmas. Uh, um, go on the Florida websites and look for... The boat Christmas parade. parades. Boat parades. The boat mm -hmm. parade. And you will be sure to find one. Uh, Sarasota was a lot of fun. That's where the Ringling Museum is. St. Armand Circle. And then heading up the coast, I got to give a shout out to Shady Harbor Marina on the Hudson. This guy puts on a pig roast weekend with the blessing of the fleet. And I don't know something else going on. It it's just and he, wonderful. He caters wonderful. he caters to loopers, and it's just a wonderful experience. Yes, that is uh, uh, Donovan's Shady Harbor Marina on yes. Hudson, um, and that the pig roast this year was just about two weeks ago, um, yes. and I know it was very well attended and it was a, a blast as usual. So thanks to Brian Donovan for hosting that and for being a sponsor of AGLCA. Um, for those of you joining us on Facebook, again, feel free to type any questions you have for Phil and Lynn. Um, they are gold loopers who did the loop back in 2017 on a main ship, and they're happy to take your questions. So feel free to type those into the comments, and we'll be able to see those from there and answer those for you. Um, but to talk a little bit more, you know, you, you talked about some of your favorite cities, your favorite stops. Um, a lot of the loop... Um, it's about what the things you're getting to see and do along the way. The boating part actually on the boat is fabulous and a great adventure, but a lot of it is about the towns you're exploring. So what are some of the sites that you saw along the way, you know, the, the um, restaurants or museums or festivals, what are some of the highlights for people who are planning the loop, the things you would want them to make sure they don't miss? Go ahead. Shiloh. Phil couldn't get me out of the cemetery. I thought it was wonderful looking at all the gravestones and all the history out east was incredible. And I never used to like history. He's the history buff. But after you see it, you realize how awesome it is. Yeah. Shiloh. Talk a little bit about um, Shiloh, if you would, Lynn or Phil. But for those who maybe are not familiar with Shiloh, um, tell us a little bit more about what that is. The, um, I can't remember the name of the Grand Rivers Marina, maybe, and then there's another one uh, uh, not too far away. Shiloh Battlefield is only a short drive, and, and those two marinas have courtesy cars that will let you, they'll let you use. Mm -hmm. 
And it's a combination. As most places do. Yes. Don't worry about transportation. It's a it's a combination of the battlefield, the Civil War battlefield, and it's a uh, um, a national uh, a cemetery now. So anybody connected with the military can be buried there if they so choose. Um, there was a reenactment video that was done, I guess, a couple of years before that was in, in the, that was part of the experience that you get to see it. Just very well done, incredible, very sobering. Um, and then when you're done with all of that, of course, now you're going to go out and walk the battlefield and the cemetery and realize, yeah. you know. And we went with another looper couple. We rented a car or used the car together um, because we each could get two hours or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was Unbelievable. I highly recommend it. I do too. For somebody that didn't like history, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, Tell us about some of the other best ofs, the favorites you had out there. Um, it's a unique opportunity to be able to go to the Navy Academy and the Military Academy, Academy. Oh, I loved them. in the same trip um, and not too far apart. So those were, those were great tours and visits. Um, Culinary Institute. Culinary Institute it. was awesome. We had dinner there. I'm a family consumer science teacher, so I've known the Culinary Institute forever, and it was we had a great time there. And oh. we met other loopers there too. Yeah, and if I get this correct, if you go around three o'clock in the afternoon, the pastry school is pretty much getting finished and they're dumping all of their products into the restaurant and they just want to move them and get rid of them. So you can buy two furs or three furs and yeah, it was wonderful. It's, it's pretty. That's a great tip. So for those yes. who aren't familiar with the Culinary Institute, um, tell us, you know, where that is and if there's a particular marina that is uh, most convenient to it. The, well, I guess there's several. We stayed at, What's the sponsor, Kim, that um, uh, Half, Half Moon, Moon Bay? Half Moon Bay. We stayed mm -hmm. at Half Moon Bay. Um, car rental is right across the street, practically. Um, so we rented a car and we did West Point and the Culinary Institute. Mm -hmm. Plus, you get to drive up and down the Hudson uh, and, and you're, you're kind of in the Palisades and it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, had to be late late springtime so everything is yeah. pretty well bloomed out uh, uh very very nice um i want to say that i have a friend that's from new york and she's from the hudson area and she would say how beautiful it was and i'd go new york oh mm -hmm. new york you think about just new york city no it is absolutely beautiful there's yeah, talk about the Hudson River Valley a little bit, because that is one of the places that I think um, many loopers tell me was the most surprising to them. Because you're right, Lynn, you think New York and think New York City. But once you leave New York City on the boat and start traveling up the Hudson, it's a pretty, pretty spectacular change pretty quickly. So what was it like cruising up the Hudson River? You've got high cliffs on either side um, and it kind of meanders around. So you're, you know, you're turning back and forth. Um, you're seeing all kinds of other boaters from the New York area that are out and about. 
Um, and you, you know, you get to chat with them on the radio and find out, but I, it, the further North you had, the cliffs seemed to get higher. And then all of a sudden you're, you're in this area where there are these huge cliffs on either side. And then you see the, the uh, military Academy up on the, on the Eastern shore that very imposing, uh, mm -hmm. uh, very beautiful. And then when you finally get to go there and you go up on top and you look down, that's pretty spectacular too. And you see the, the, the traditional thing to do is you see other looper boats traveling by and you take their picture and then, you know, hopefully, mm -hmm. hopefully you, you can find them and email them and get it to them. But the mm -hmm. Hudson was definitely a high point. And West Point, you are able to tour the facility, correct? Yes. 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 They uh, they have formal tours. Uh, both it's a of, lot of hills. It is a lot of hills. But it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I thought I liked Annapolis best because it was so beautiful. And then when I got to West Point, I went, oh, my goodness. This is so unbelievably beautiful. But, it, but again, again, it was late spring. I wouldn't visit West Point in February. No. No, especially not by boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so um, you, you kind of filled us in on the fact that you got to visit, you know, two of the military academies, West Point and Annapolis. Um, but you also did the Naval Air Station of Pensacola, correct? We, we did, did. And that was. Uh, I loved it. That was so much fun. We we probably stayed in Pensacola almost a week. Um, that gave us the opportunity to go to the Air Museum which make sure you have your ID cards with you. They won't let you in. They won't let you in the base without them. Um, and, and it's just a great museum, um, all kinds of aircraft, all kinds of history there. Just a, a, a great deal of fun. Uh, the other things in Pensacola, you can go all the way out to the end uh, and there's a fort and I can't remember the name of the fort that guarded Pensacola Bay um, mm -hmm. during pre-Civil War days. Is that where we took the trolley to Tarpon Springs? No, oh. that was in Clearwater. Right. Um, and then you're all along the dunes, and of course... We should say the, that, though. Take the trolley whatever city you're in. Yes. <laughs> or the bus tours, whatever they have, are amazing. We did that every time we went. Yeah, you can you can Google them. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's go ahead and talk about the boat again. As I mentioned, we usually have people who kind of join us uh, after we've started and kind of miss those details. So we like to come back and revisit those. And Greg is asking about that. So um, tell us again about Finns. Finns is what well, that was the main ship 40. So it was uh, or 400 is the exact model. It was 40 feet long with the swim platform, probably about 42. And we've had the dinghy on the platform flat and it hung out a little bit, but it worked. Um, it was a perfect boat. It it's really perfect. is, really is a perfect loop boat. It's, the draft is under four feet or right at four feet. The air draft, um, we dropped the radar arch to go through the Chicago bridge but discovered we really didn't need to. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, just worry about the antennas. Um, yeah. We could not do the Western Erie unless we took the canvas down. 
and having taken the canvas down one time, I wasn't going to do that again. <laughs> so, uh, but it was a it it's the perfect size boat for doing the loop, and it's light enough that two people can really maneuver it around, going through the locks. You know, works. Yeah, got enough strength to do it. So um, Susan added that she, um, she's got a main ship 390. So um, do you know, Phil, because obviously we're looking at a 390 versus yours, which is a 400. So, you know, in theory, only about a foot difference. But what's the difference, you know, I, in real realistically between those two models? They're pretty significantly I, different. No, nothing significant. No, they, we traveled with lots of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, travel with 43s. I mean. But the 39... Actually, the 39, and there was a predecessor. I think they called it a 350 or three something. They were um, all great. All, all about the same, only a few inches difference yeah. in length. They're all width. good. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about your mainship 400. You know, tell us about the engines, the cruising speed, um, if you can remember, you know, things like fuel economy, the types of things that people who are still trying to decide what boat might be right for them would be interested in knowing about the mainship. I think we had a single engine. Um, it was a Yamaha uh, three something. Um, semi, it's semi displacement, so it would. We trap. We could travel at ten to twelve miles per hour. Actually, we didn't know it went faster until we were selling it. Yeah, when the server. <laughs> Take it up to 15, and we went, what? No. <laughs> oh, oh, I did push it all the way up, and it was like, yeah. oh, didn't realize it could go this yeah. fast. We, we went, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and of course, on the river system and in the ICW, can't go any faster. Can't go much anyway. faster. Um, fuel consumption, I think we got somewhere a little bit over a mile per gallon. Mm -hmm. uh, it was pretty reasonable. Um, yeah. And very easy maintenance, easy to get to the engine, you know, lift up a panel on the, on the main salon floor and you're staring at the entire engine. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It was Tell us about, you know, some of the, um, um, you know, you, you did have thrusters, correct? Yes, we did. And Love those thrusters. And because we're a single engine, having a stern thruster and a bow thruster were very important yeah. to us. Mm -hmm. And we used them all the time. Yeah, kept us out of trouble. Uh, we did have an incident in Annapolis where, as we were pulling into the marina, the thrusters failed and it was a little dodgy for a while. Turned out it was just had a loose connection and it blew a fuse. But yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I love the thrusters, would always have them. I wish I had them on my car. Yeah. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> so another thing a lot of loopers really seem to enjoy about the main ships is the ease of getting around on deck. Um, so talk a little bit about that, um, you know, about, uh, and, and you did talk a little bit about this at the beginning, but talk, you know, uh, whichever of you was handling the lines, how easy was that to, to get around the boat? Tell us about the configuration. Okay. I started the loop on crutches with a broken ankle. I wasn't going to put it off any longer. And 
everyone was so helpful at every harbor. I mean, I had my crutch and I'm throwing the lines and I didn't <laughs> at all. You can't keep putting off because you have something, you know? But mm -hmm. it, it's a complete walk around. Yep. Um, I didn't walk then. Yeah, so she <laughs> hopped around. She would be able to sit on in, in, in the, the back. in the back on the aft cockpit and have her lines and throw the lines to the dock ends. Uh, in the locks, she was able to stand up and, and grab the bollards and deal with that. Mm -hmm. uh, Problem at all. For me, I would come down from the flybridge to use then the pilot house, and it was very convenient because on the starboard side. You can hold on to the line to the bollard and you can also reach in and grab the thrusters and so that was very convenient and then of course you can shut the engine down from down there uh, which they require in a lot of cases so <clears throat> it was it was very convenient from that standpoint i will make a point about uh fenders put your fenders out on both sides don't be embarrassed to leave them out the entire time <laughs> Especially when you're in something like the Erie Canal where you're doing lock after lock after lock after lock. Exactly. Um, I don't know if you have ran into Lucky Me on um, your loop. They actually looped a couple years after you, but Susan and Greg are, um, have a house in the Fort Myers area now too, so you may have run into them in, in winters down there, but Susan and, and Greg on Lucky Me, say hello. Hello. Um, thanks for sharing your experience. And we have a question for you. Um, did you have family or friends join you while you were cruising? So let's answer that, but also use that as kind of a segue to talk about the stateroom configuration on the main ship 400. Is it two staterooms and are they separate or together? Two staterooms separate, uh, like uh, no. two narrow uh, twin beds. Uh, we had both our daughters, they came at different times because they had different breaks, but they both came when we were in Fort Myers. Um, our second daughter wanted to stay in the hotel, which is right there because she has three kids and she has the money to pay for it too. So uh, <laughs> stayed there. And then our other daughter came down with our granddaughter and it was like, we use that room for storage, you know? We're going to have to move a lot of stuff because you don't have a car when you're doing right. a loop. So we opted to uh, get a room for her at the hotel. But we did have other people come and stay when we did our shakedown cruise. I had two of my friends come and we went to Milwaukee to see what would break. And it was my ankle. <laughs> which is really an unfortunate turn of events but we're glad that you did not put off your loop because of that um, no way. not putting anything off anymore so did you have and i know you know you mentioned family came and, and there are lots of places in florida in particular where loopers are spending a lot of time in the winter where it's pretty convenient to have a hotel space for guests <laughs> right near where the boat is tied up. But did you have, while you were underway and not, you know, really staying put in Florida in the winter, did you have a lot of guests visit? Because I think a lot of people expect to, and then it becomes challenging for people who aren't used to this lifestyle to kind of um, be flexible enough to meet up with the boat and, and be able to get there and, and get back to regular life. So what was your experience with that? 
we we did not have guests when we were i'll say actively looping as opposed to mm -hmm. casually looping um we traveled with a boat that had uh um, song lines that had a friend with them for a period of time and it was fine for a while but then it became problematic because he had a a flight scheduled and this is the old story about you know trying make making specific plans and having a schedule and it was a real challenge for them to get him to the city it was he was in a sailboat and he was in a sailboat yeah. but um and got stuck and we had to help him out that's true uh, so i i don't recall that there were too many guests during the the moving yeah. periods none of the people we traveled with had guests but mm -hmm. i would have welcomed guests but they just didn't come yeah no and, and i wanted to bring that up because i think a lot of folks purchased the boat with the guests in mind more so than just the everyday yeah. in yeah. mind um and and so many people tell me that the the multitudes of guests that they expected and hoped for um didn't really come and it is a logistical challenge for people who are are working and have to have a scheduled flight in and out from a specific place and I know you two know the old adage that you can tell guests where you'll meet them or when you'll meet them, but not both. Um, yes. Because you can't guarantee to be any place specific on a boat at a specific time. Um, whether will Mother Nature will prove to you that you can't make a plan. <laughs> and there's we were, always mechanical issues too. When we were on Lake Michigan, um, our daughter always joined us in the summer with her husband and two kids. And um, we would sail to the Michigan side and they would drive and they stayed on our boat because it was free. They're both teachers. And uh, we had a wonderful time. And we mm -hmm. we had to have a blow up bed. We had a cradle. We had, I mean, they came since they were babies and that was very yeah. fun, but they were all grown up when we did the loop. Well, for those of you who are just joining us, we are chatting with Phil and Lynn Rains. They are gold loopers, which means they've completed the entire Great Loop route. Um, they completed it a few years back in 2017 aboard a main ship 400. And we're just chatting with them about their experiences. They're sharing the stories of their Great Loop adventure. Um, so tell us about some of the unexpected things. You know, everybody, I think, has a vision of what they expect the loop to be like. I know um, Lynn didn't expect to be starting it with a broken ankle. Yeah. Uh, but what what are some of the other kind of unexpected things that happened along the way or that you found along the way? I seem to be accident prone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she fell off her bicycle twice. I didn't fall off the first time. It just fell over. The second time <laughs> I fell off and I had to have stitches in my leg in marathon. But, you know, it was okay. No big deal. Yeah. So then the other one was when we were in marathon our daughter came and they wanted to go to sanibel to go shelling and that's the place to do it that's yeah, the place to do it so fun. we found a nice little spot and we're in the parking lot and standing and there's these big rocks down to the uh to the shoreline and i said oh let's just climb down the rocks and i stepped on a rock that moved and i tore my hamstring um yeah, and my whole leg turned black, and it really hurt a lot. 
So that I don't like it. It was fine. We managed. Yeah, and then when I and it still hurt by the time I finished the loop and I got home, and I finally went to a doctor, and the doctor said, "Oh," and I told him the story. He said, "Who did you see?" And apparently, Captain Morgan was not an appropriate response. To <laughs> no. Yeah. So, okay. So you're both accident prone. <laughs> we, had two, um, yeah, we had two accidents. Yep. So, but some follow-ups to, to both of those. Um, let's start with the bikes. Because that's a big question people ask all the time is, should you bring a bike on the Great Loop? So clearly you did bring bikes. Yes. Um, yes. So how often did you use them? We used them a lot once we got to Florida. We tried to use them at the rendezvous. Uh, uh, we did use them. In, in Alabama. Not much. Not much. Because I... We took the bikes out. I ran around the parking lot, and then I looked up the giant hill and said, mm. "Yeah, no, we're in a valley." Yeah, yeah, we're just from <laughs> the parking lot. So, um, but yeah, once we got into Florida, um, all the time, um, and a lot of places all up and down the ICW. The only thing is, I bought a brand new bike instead of a boy's bike. I wanted a girl's bike so I wouldn't fall off, and. Um, totally rusted out even though we had a cover on it so mm -hmm. you had we didn't realize we should put it inside the canvas yeah mm -hmm. so you have a bike put it inside put it inside but several other loopers their philosophy was i'm gonna buy a bike i'm gonna go to walmart or kmart get a cheapie get a cheapie and at the end of the trip I'll just leave it in the parking lot and walk away from it because it'll be it'll be and, rusted out. You know, a lot of people have the compact bikes, but mm -hmm. it depends on how tall you are. Phil's six three, and he can't ride that. I mean, it yeah. would be okay for me, but not for him. So we did enjoy our bikes. We had little backpacks, saddle saddle, saddle bags, bags, basically that held a lot of stuff. Um, one of Bike to the grocery store, fill it up, come back. One of our neighbors, slip neighbors, had a little two-wheel or one-wheel cart uh, um, that clipped onto the back of their bicycle mm -hmm. so that they could, you know, like carry a, a case of water and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was pretty nice. Pretty Otherwise, nice you can buddy up with somebody and take a cab and fill up the cab and get it back to the harbor. It's... Never a problem getting groceries. Never worry that because Phil's telling me, oh, my goodness, we have to have all these dried beans. We have to have these things, you know, because we're you never know what's going to happen. There's grocery stores everywhere. Yeah. You don't have to worry. You can eat the same way you eat at home. Exactly. We did. We like to cook. I, we like to go out, too, but we never had a problem and even that is great the, advice because i hear from loopers all the time who loaded up on you know canned goods and dried goods of things that they don't ever eat and they finished the yeah. loop and had to take those back off the boat because yeah. they had don't, eat spam. don't get it don't get it <laughs> exactly but yeah even even during the pandemic people that were looping they mm -hmm. had you know the publics would deliver right to the boat so yes. never even had to go out. I mean, yes. it was unbelievable. 
So yeah, and they they do that even when it's not a pandemic. Yeah, so exactly. um, I'm hearing more and more loopers using that, and of course, you know, um, a lot of courtesy cars are older cars and are starting to age out and not always be replaced. But Uber and Lyft, when you know, in some places because of the pandemic, those aren't as reliable as they were. 18 months ago, but I think they're coming back to be more reliable and that's a great way as well. So, um, and Amazon, of course, um, is everybody's best friend too, because you can get just about anything to learn. Yes, exactly. Um, So it's certainly easier now than it has ever been. We have two cats we travel with and they like specific food. So Amazon always got it. Perfect. Well, so the other thing in, in your um, accident-prone stories, um, Phil, it, it sounds like you didn't actually seek medical attention. But my question is kind of related to, um, because none of us is getting any younger and all of us are a bit accident-prone at some point on a boat. Um, so while you chose not to seek me- medical attention, Lynn did when she needed stitches from the bike fall. But what did you see from your fellow loopers out there and for yourselves Um you know, we get questions all the time about what if I need a doctor, is my insurance going to cover it? And what do I do about prescriptions? And I don't know if you had direct experience with prescriptions, but what's your, what's your impressions or your advice related to healthcare along the loop? Prescriptions are easy. You can, you know, if your preferred provider is Walgreens, CVS, or Walmart, uh, uh, you just look ahead, see when you're going to be out, look ahead where you're going to be on the loop. Um, Wherever there's the nearest one of those, yeah, it was easy. Place your no order problem. there. Place your order there. Get a ride and and get them. Um, healthcare, actually, we forgot about this one. I broke, she broke well, her finger. No, no, no. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I did not break my finger. Somebody else broke my finger. We were at the harbor and our our uh, boy or. Fender wouldn't go down. And so Phil was going to untie the thing and somebody came along and he said, oh, I can fix it. And he kicked it and boom, broke my finger. And he goes, I think it's broken. And I said, you know, I just had a broken ankle and I'm telling you, I know what it feels like it's broken. So the next, there was nobody there that we could do anything with. The next day, we took the courtesy car and went and had X-rays. Yeah, it was broken. Yeah, they so splinted it. It you was can, fine. You can find you can find an urgy care doc in the box, just about anywhere. No big deal at all. Yeah, and it, and and we we say it a lot, but you know, it's this is not an ocean crossing, so it's the same principle that applies when we talked earlier on about you leaving the boat to attend a, a family gathering or a wedding or something like that. You're never far from help or. No services There's that you might need always always somebody to help you you are usually never alone you're always with other people who are wonderful i you shouldn't be afraid of that at all yeah. well and phil i'm um, you talking about the prescriptions and mentioning um walgreens i guess uh sparked a memory for me of when you two presented for us at one of the rendezvous and i think you called it the holy trinity yeah yeah they- tell us about that <laughs> If you're fortunate enough to land in a place in a place that has a what we call the Holy Trinity, which is a Walgreens, a Walmart, and a West Marine, then you <laughs> pretty much found Nirvana. Yeah, boat and Nirvana, everything, everything you could possibly need. Exactly, <laughs> you need totally fun. So, 
We have about 15 minutes left. And again, anybody who's watching, if you have questions or comments for Phil and Lynn or for me, feel free to type those into the comments and we'll be able to see those and answer those. Um, but subsequent to your loop, um, you did sell Fins the main ship and got the current Fins. Um, so tell us about the current Fins and, and what caused you to want to make that change after the loop. So there was a boat we traveled with called Lone Star um, in there from Texas. And at the time they had a Nordic tug. Um, they sold the Nordic tug. They bought a Celine 48. We made a drive trip to Florida because we had sold the main ship. Um, and they were there in Marathon, Florida with their Celine and they gave us a tour of it and went, oh, pretty nice boat. Um, two bathrooms, two bedrooms. Two bathrooms, two bedrooms, a fly pilot bridge, house, a pilot fly house. Bridge, a nice salon. I mean, uh, we did make improvements, but it was and, and very nice. Shortly after, and we were using Michael Martin. Michael sold our, from Curtis Stokes, sold our main ship um, mm -hmm. to a very nice family, by the way. <laughs> and <laughs> It was then on the search, helping us look for a new one. And these friends who I'm from Lone Star put their boat up for sale. And I got a hold of Michael. I said, Michael, I think we need to move on this deal. And mm -hmm. next thing we know, we're the proud owners of a Celine 48 <laughs> that we decided to keep it in Florida. And so now it's a full-time Florida resident. Um, floating condo. It's a floating condo. We put her in storage right now in in, in Central Florida. Um, inside storage, hurricane category five, and we'll head back down in late September, October. Put it on the water and then play in Florida until whenever April, May. Oops, excuse us. We yeah. have a cat. We have a cat. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so any plans to do the loop again in the new fins? I, I don't know that we would do the loop. I'm apprehensive about it fitting through the the uh, bridge. Mm -hmm. um, but we would go up and down the coast. There's places we didn't spend near enough time in the Chesapeake. Um, I would love to go to Maine. We would, yes, love to head on up to that area of the coast. Mm -hmm. We did not do the Bahamas as, do that. as many people did. Um, so I think those are the kind of things that we have in store. I think I have to tell one thing though. Yeah, please do. Yeah. So people that are worried about getting along with their spouse, you have to set your rules ahead of time. And you say, Yelling for loudness is okay. But what did you say? I said there's a difference between yelling to be heard and yelling to be a turd. <laughs> uh, and we had our signals. I had my little thing to use if he was being a poop head. And Bill <laughs> he yells like I'm doing the best I can. I may be mm -hmm. doing it my way. It may not be his way. And if he's yelling, what do I do? Sits down. And do nothing. <laughs> so that really cleared everything up right away. 
but that is an effective way. Yeah, always do something fun. Show that. Yeah. So we always did something fun. We we had <laughs> bubbles. We had I don't know. We had, I had so many things. Uh, water guns. You know, you can have a water fight with people. You play games with people. You just have to have fun. Just I know it's not for yeah. everybody, but it's definitely for us. Well, we and like it keeps it in perspective. I know. Yeah, no, I, I love I love that that concept and, and the fun part. So a couple of questions though, I'll land this one specifically for you. Um, what level of comfort do you have with handling the boat? I know Phil primarily does it, and you handle the lines. Um, but have you cross trained on that at all? I did. Um, I can drive the boat. Phil has to go to the bathroom, so I have to drive the boat. Um, mm -hmm. And I felt very comfortable with the main ship. Um, mm. I am way better at the lines than Phil. Oh, she can throw I the lines. I can throw a line <laughs> and ras lasso anything. Mm. He is good. So it was good for us the way we did it. But yeah. some people, the woman drives and the man does the lines. So mm -hmm. it just depends on who's good at what. Yeah. The other question I want to ask about that a lot of people have some apprehensions about the golf crossing and whether to do that as the straight across, you know, overnight crossing for most boats or whether to do the, the big bend and go to Steenhatchee and onto Crystal River. Um, which way did you do it? And I'm assuming on the main ship at about 10 knots, it's an overnight crossing if you go straight from Carabelle to Tarpon Springs. So tell us about your crossing, how you chose to do it and um, what kind of an experience it was. We were in... Apalachicola mm -hmm. um, with, another boat. with another boat. We were traveling with Moondance and we had we had breakfast together and we had both looked at the weather reports. Um, not only Mar, but um, what's his Eddie? name? Eddie. Eddie. Um, mm -hmm. And when we sat down for breakfast, we both said at about the same time, we think we got to go today. Mm -hmm. It was Thanksgiving. We were going to have a big potluck. Yeah. So, I wanted to stay for the so potluck it, and see Santa come on the shrimp boat. But we decided, now the time is right. We just got to do this. As it turns out, it was a smart move because the people yeah. who did not were stuck in Carabelle and, and uh, Apalachicola for about mm -hmm. two weeks. Yeah. It was... I. I would always recommend at least one buddy boat to yeah. cross. It's wonderful to be able to, on the hour, <clears throat> call up the other boat and say, hey, you still awake? Yeah. Uh, you know, everything okay? And It's it, just the shrimp boats that are in the way, and they won't answer you when you're calling them, so you have to be alert. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have any problem, and but it, I don't like all-nighters. It, it's a long crossing. It's, you know, brings back those college days when you stayed up on an all-nighter to study <laughs> uh, with with about the same results, that yeah. you're really groggy for several days. Yeah. And we we went all the way to Clearwater from Apalachicola. And how long did that take you? Uh, I think it's 18 to 20 hours, somewhere in that range. Yeah, so it's around, a long crossing. Yeah, it's about, you leave around uh, 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you're in there mid-morning. 
Yeah. So the other thing that a lot of people worry about is, is finding a buddy boat. As you said, it's a lot easier to travel with one. Um, when there are long periods without a suitable weather window, as you said, the people coming behind you waited about two weeks. So then it gets pretty easy to find a buddy boat because there's lots of boats stacking up there waiting to cross. Um, but any advice on, you know, finding a buddy boat, particularly if the weather's been good, so there's not a, a lot of people waiting to cross. You had been traveling with Moondance already, it sounds like, so you kind of had yeah. that in place. Um, yeah. But and, speed is going to be a big factor, right, in, in finding a suitable buddy boat. Yeah, and as we as we headed out, um, you know, you're listening on the radio, and we had other, heard other boats leaving from uh, uh, Carabelle, and so they were out ahead of us by about a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And we could communicate with them. So we had AIS, so we could see. We all could the see boats. all the other boats. With yeah. today with Nebo, I think it's going to be a whole lot easier because you can look around your area and say, "Ah, oh, look at I got three or four other boats here. Uh, let me get a hold of them." And, and you can go on your website and say, "I'm here. I'm looking for a buddy boat. That's yeah. great." So, There's always yeah, some. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Well, almost nobody really wants to be out there alone. So, <laughs> you know, exactly. everybody's kind of looking for a buddy boat. Um, so that's helpful. What's your impression? And I know you won't have an exact number, but in the year you did the loop and you did your crossing, what's kind of your guesstimation as to how, what percentage of boats did the, you know, went straight across from Apalachicola or Carabelle to Tarpon Springs or Clearwater and what percentage did the big bend? I think, I think they all went. I think straight. they all went straight. Yeah. All the ones we knew um, did the direct route. I don't know of any of you did who did the big bend. Yeah, it's it's interesting because in some years the big bend seems to be more popular. And for those who you know aren't familiar with this yet, it's about I, I believe it's 170 statute miles from Apalachicola to Tarpon Springs. That's you know the straight across route for many looper boats that you know might cruise at eight or 10 knots. That is an overnight crossing, um, which gives uh, some people take pause to that and are not sure that they're up for that. So the other option is the big bend route, which is usually three hops um, kind of following the curvature of Florida, so to speak, along the panhandle um, down to the peninsula. Um, At least one of those is a very long day, um, even though it's not an overnight crossing. Um, there's not a lot to see or do in that area. So, you know, some people look at it as doing the big bend pro you need a bigger weather window. You need, you know, two or three good weather days. Um, whereas going straight across, you're looking for that one win- window. There's no right or wrong way. Um, I've been recently, you know, for some reason, the big bend, um, I've gotten a lot of questions about, well, why does everybody take the route straight across? And, Everybody doesn't. Um, we cover both of the, those options um, as best we can at our rendezvous. And there, again, there is no right way. It's really a personal preference. Um, I think it probably has to do with your comfort level cruising overnight. You, you will, could, can have buddy boats with you. And either way, the key is waiting for that good weather window to make it a, a nice trip versus a long, um, bumpy trip. So either way, it's a long trip. So you might as well wait to have a smooth, long trip. Um, but it is something that certainly, you know, creates some angst for those who have not done it before. So we're always looking for information from people who have successfully made it across. Um, and there is Mimi. Uh, I think we were four feet, six inches. Yep. 
and 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 Mimi may be pointing out that the um, your draft may have some some input on your decision on the the Big Bend versus the straight across route. The Big Bend yeah. does. There are channels you can get through there with a deeper draft, but it, it certainly makes it a little bit more challenging. So thank you with Mimi for that. And if I'm not mistaken, Mimi is happy hours that we talked happy about hour. that yeah, you uh, buddy voted with. So Mimi, okay. I hope you're doing well. Good to good to see you on here. Um, we only have a few minutes left. So, um, yeah, and Mimi is, we're, we're kind of, for whatever reason, we see the comments a couple of seconds after um, y'all type them in. So, yeah, Mimi was was clarifying to the draft is a consideration for the Big Bend route. Um, absolutely. So thank you for adding that, Mimi. And, again, it's good to see you here. Um, so Phil and Lynn, you know, tell us, you, you've been um, very gracious about giving back to AGLCA. You've presented about the story of your loop at some of our Looper Lifestyle Seminars, and you've presented at some of our rendezvous. But, um, you know, we find that a lot of the people who are so willing as you are to give back to those coming behind them, it often means that they gained something from the experience. So, you know, tell us what you gained from doing the Great Loop. What has it meant to you? I, I got it. And, and we've heard this. You all have heard this time and time again about friendship. Um, I can't really stress that enough. We met some amazing people that we bonded with, so much so that four couples decided that we hadn't done enough walks. So we decided <laughs> we were going to go to France and do the Canal du Midi. Uh, um, in the south of France, which was another, I don't know, 40 some odd blocks. Yeah. I don't remember. It was like every 500 feet. I yeah. Swear. You know, <laughs> so, so there were eight people together on a fifth, five, five bedroom, five bedroom five boat, boat uh, uh, for 10 days. 10 days. Um, and if, you know, if that doesn't speak to the friendship that you acquire, when you're all together in one tiny little space like that for 10 days, uh, then I'm, I don't know what yeah. does. So, and so this year we're going to Asheville to the Biltmore yes. staying in a house all together. So these are friends that you love. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so, it, I don't know. I, you so, don't realize that's going to happen. That's the, that's probably the biggest experience, the biggest benefit. The other one, is just in the confidence. We gained so much confidence in the two of us to be able to boat, handle a boat, and understand a boat in that year trip. Um, that was phenomenal. And, and now that we're on probably the last of the big fins, there may be <laughs> other smaller fins to come. Um, you know, we handle it with the same amount of confidence. There's, there's, we know how to read the weather. Uh, if it's going to be anything bigger than one foot, we just don't do it. So, we like fair weather sailors. Yes, just like when we have the sailboat. So, yeah, and, and that that may be the best advice you've given the, the whole time. There are lots of great nuggets in here and lots of great tidbits, but the if the weather's not what's going to make it pleasure boating, then you just yeah. don't go. Then you just don't do it. You know, Excellent you, advice. So many things to see in every place you go. You don't need to be that specific on a time. And I will say that if you make a reservation ahead of time someplace, 
you can always change it. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're, once you have the reservation, they are very good about changing it. You know, you're day late. You say, oh, it was raining. I couldn't get there. No problem, because nobody else could get there either. <laughs> it, it and the people who were already there didn't want to leave, so it all works out fine. Yeah. Well, Phil and Lynn Rains, thank you so much for giving back to the loopers coming behind you. You have one more thing for us? I got to talk about Champagne Sunday. Oh, yes. We can't forget Champagne Sunday. Please do. Champagne Sunday is a thing that that we were fortunate enough to experience in our home port in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And when we got on the loop, we said, you know what? This is something that has to happen. And I think the first one we did was in Green Turtle Bay. And it was a Sunday, and we said, we're going to have a Sunday brunch for all the loopers that are here, and, it, you know, bring a dish to pass, and we're going to have champagne. Since then, Champagne Sunday has evolved into anytime there's a Sunday, anytime after 9 a.m., give or take, <laughs> any, any manner of bubbly that you like. And it doesn't have to be a whole it can big be crowd. Champagne Tuesday, if it works out. And sometimes, yes, it's <laughs> Champagne Sunday has to be on a Tuesday. So you've got to, all your future loopers have got to experience this and know that it's one of those things where you just kick back, enjoy the company of the people you're around, and, and a little bubbly goes a long way. Absolutely. It has become a looper tradition. So thank you for filling everybody in on that. And um, Phil and Lynn on the current fins, uh, wintering in Southwest Florida. Hopefully, um, we've got our winter rendezvous, a full rendezvous this year in Fort Myers in the winter. And there will be a Gold Looper reunion as part of that. So hopefully, that will fit into your cruising itinerary for the winter. And hopefully, we'll see you in Fort Myers in January. And, and perhaps it will even be a Sunday or just a champagne Sunday, even if it's not technically Sunday. <laughs> Either way. Hope to see you there. Phil and Lynn Rains, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us today. We really appreciate it. Love you, Kim. Love, Love you. Love you, too. And thanks to everybody who's joined us on Facebook. Um, we appreciate you. And uh, you can feel free to type comments in here, and I'll, I'll check on them later and answer whatever questions I can. Until next time, we'll be back two weeks from today, and we're going to be featuring um, our gold loopers will be Debbie and Steve Russell, who did the loop aboard a catamaran. So that's something a little bit different that a lot of people have been asking about. So that's our next Gold Loopers on our Docktail series. Again, Phil and Lynn, thanks. Everyone be safe out there and have a great time. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, Good luck. Bye. Good luck.